It's peak, man. Right, anyway, go on, David. <clears throat> uh, welcome to the Warm Down. Uh, today's a headline episode, episode uh, four. Today I'm with Rem and, and Dan. Uh, today we're going to have a discussion about three of the sports, uh, football, MMA and boxing. With the football, we're going to have a discussion over the last couple of weeks as the international break has taken place and all the, the latest news. Uh, with the boxing, going to go review all the different matches that are going to happen. And with the MMA, going to review uh, the card that happened over the, over the weekend and discuss the, the main t- uh, calling uh, topics and also discuss the uh, the matches, uh, sorry, the events that are going to happen um, in the coming weeks as well. Well, we're going to discuss, um, we'll have a little debate. Well, not a debate, but with MMA and boxing, obviously we'll get into it when we get into it, but obviously with you watching that UFC card and you was very entertained and yeah. obviously you're usually a boxing man, so your thoughts yeah. on obviously the competition between two sports. Not competition, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Should we yeah. start with football, yeah? Yeah, yeah, go with that. All right. Um, sound a bit banged up, so anyway, try not to speak too much. <laughs> um, right, we'll start with football. Obviously, it's been an international break, but just as international breaks were starting, just as we thought, a lot of clubs pressed the button with their managers. First, it was, well, Newcastle were in search for a manager. Um, Eddie Howe was at the Brighton game where they drew in their last match and he has now been hired full-time for Newcastle. So we'll talk about him in, in, in that role and what, what he can do and what um, is expected of him and Newcastle going forward. Um, Aston Villa sacked Dean Smith um, and he's been replaced by Steven Gerrard who's left Rangers. So we'll talk about um, Stevie G at, at Villa Park. And Dean Smith wasn't out long of a job because he took the reins at Norwich who sat. Jesus Christ. Um, so that's what your dog thinks about the managerial changes. Wait. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'll have to edit that out. Jesus Christ. That's fucking had a heart attack. Um, yeah. And uh, with Norwich. We'll talk about Dean Smith being hired to replace Daniel Farker, who got sacked after beating Brentford. Um, okay, let's go in. Um, we'll start with let's start with Stevie Gerrard. Um, we discussed this a bit, and we all kind of thought that it was the wrong move, or we just didn't think that Stevie Gerrard would take the job. Um, what I did anyway, I thought that he would um, show a bit of loyalty to Rangers and, and finish the job for the season, and then assess what's on the table in the summer. But he said he couldn't turn down the opportunity to to come to the Premier League and a, a massive club in Aston Villa. So what do you lot feel on this appointment, David? Uh, you know, I think Gerard saw this as an opportunity. I mean, I'm a bit sceptical, like I mentioned before. I think it's a big step up. I mean, he, was, he had everything going well at Rangers and I, I still think he had the job to complete stay to the end of the season and potentially win the Scottish Premier League again. Uh, but he's obviously taken this opportunity with Aston Villa. First time managing a club in the Premier League. And he's got a decent team. I mean, Dean Smith has kind of left him with a, with a decent squad. So I've seen, uh, obviously, he's taken training this week. Um, I, I do like the, his professionalism and I think the coaches he's got, I think Gary McAllister's there as well. 
with him and a couple of other coaches. It seems that, you know, he will command that respect. He's got a level of professionalism. But he's also copied uh, uh, Antonio Conte's uh, playbook by banning ketchup as well um, at the club. So none of his players can have uh, ketchup. So I think he's in, in awe of Conte, his methods. So I think he's trying to bring that to the table. But like I said, it's a big task, man. He's got to get the ground, hit the ground running with, uh, with a couple of wins, get the momentum, choose a squad, get the, get the team motivated, which they should be. New manager, different tactics. So it's going to be interesting to see what Gerard does. And obviously, I know in a couple of weeks' time, everyone's looking to that, that game away at Liverpool where he returns to Anfield and everyone's talking about, oh, you know, eventually down the line that he's going to be manager uh, with Liverpool. But forget all of that. He needs to kind of concentrate and hit the ground running with Villa and, and kind of churn out results because they're, they're in the, they're, they've been in the decline recently with a couple of defeats. So now he needs to steady that ship. That? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we spoke about on a previous episode. I thought we were saying maybe Hassan Hill would have been a better shot than he'd take on a Southampton or something like that to get mm. a bit more of a grounding in a, in the Premier League. Not like, obviously, oh, the, there's a huge, huge gulf in, in thing there, but it'd be a nice kind of, hate to say like a stepping stone, but it's like a nice little learning curve on there. But I think... Now he's bit the bullet, he's taken the job. I think from, from Rangers, he's shown that he's got a, a style of play and it works because obviously he took what you consider a lesser team into, what did he get to, like quarterfinals of Europa last year? They got out of the group, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, they, they definitely the group, got the group, yeah. yeah. Maybe last 16 or something, I'm not yeah. too sure. Something like that. But he showed he showed up <clears throat> what he what he could work with. So hope, you'd hope with with the squad that he's got there. And the, the players will, will will respect the name. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He he, he brings brings something there the they'll they won't just like give up on him. Where some first time managers like in a Premier League that they don't care. But he's he's got enough of um he's won enough and he's done enough in the game. To, to kind of give, get get some time off of them. But I think yeah. it's... I was just saying, I think... He'll... I don't know if... Mm, I'm hoping he hits the ground running and, and he bangs out results straight away. But I don't know if it's going to take a little while just to implement what he needs and, and stuff like that. But I think it's... What they could get, probably a smart move. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I didn't, I didn't think he'd take the job yet because I thought that, um, as I said, I thought that he'd have a bit of loyalty for Rangers and, and want to finish that job. I mean, you can look at another way. He he done what he was meant to do in Rangers. Um, that was stop Celtic winning the title. For the, I think it was going to be a tenth time or something. Yeah. He stopped him doing that and. Um, he, he had a nice little run in Europe. Um, got to show what he could do w w in that competition because everyone obviously we're, we're going to say about the Scottish League and say it's not competitive and, and that Rangers are 
a team that should win every week, basically. Um, yeah. He went season unbeaten, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, believe, yeah I think he went a season unbeaten, yeah. Yeah, yeah So, um, listen, I, I don't really... You mentioned about his style. I don't really know about his style. I mean, I know he's one of them coaches, on uh, the managers on the sideline that will encourage his team and, and, and demand them to, to push and uh, stuff like that. So... He'll definitely bring out the passion because he brought it out as a player. We know what he was like as a player. Obviously, as a manager, it's different. But as you said, like, he made a good point. He, he, he'll go in there and the respect he'll have instant. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, people will look up to him. And it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to look up Steven Gerrard. He was one of the best midfielders, especially to come out of this country. Um, I don't know if we spoke about it. I know David, I think we did speak about it. David, you said that um, Dean Smith should have been sacked before yeah. we, we spoke about that and stuff, um, about him being unlucky and stuff. But the, the, the thing for Dean Smith was getting basically their money's worth out of the money that they spent in the summer and the, and, and the profile of player that they bought in Leon Bailey and, and Danny Ings. And they expected the club to be much higher than they are. Um, Dean Smith had a lot of injuries. Um, obviously, he's had the Jack Grealish thing. Mm. Jack Grealish leaving for Man City, where Gerard comes in fresh. He's never had Jack Grealish, so he ain't going to feel the effects of that. He can start completely fresh with his team, which will help, I, I, I would guess. But, um, yeah, how, how do you... We'll look at his first... Few fixtures. I don't know who can bring it up because my internet is moving. Dodge. Yeah, right I think. Their, I think their next game. Um, I, I know the next game is Brighton, but I mean, the next few games. We'll look at the next few games coming up. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's about how quickly you can get them to climb that table, and they're going to be looking for a respectable kind of finish under him, mm. and that would be. Probably around the top ten, you know. What I mean, I think just yeah. under or, or in that, that that would be that would be great for him, and he'll be given a lot more time, you would guess. Then, obviously, with Dean, they 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 what's it bit the bullet or whatever you say. Um, yeah, I think also, you know they pulled the trigger in it um, to get rid yeah. of him. Yeah. But the next the next couple of games for Villa, obviously, you mentioned Brighton this Saturday, and then the following Saturday they're away to Crystal Palace. And then on the midweek, uh, the 1st of December, they're at home to Man City. And then four days later, they're at, uh, at home at Leicester City. So, again, important. Not, not an easy run. No, nah, not an easy run at all. Not and an easy follow- run. And then following the Leicester game, they're away to Liverpool. So, yeah, not an easy run. Uh, listen, the Premier League isn't easy. We know that. But, I mean, Brighton is a team that's impressed a lot of people this season. Um, that's his first game at home. If he can come away with a win, that would be great for him. And, 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 Give the fans some optimism. Uh, Crystal Palace away, did you say? Yeah, Salas Park. Tough game. Salas Park ain't an easy place to go. And right now, Vieira's got Palace really competitive. Um, and then Man City. Yeah, Man City at home. Yeah, Man, Man City, that's that's a nightmare fixture. But It depends what, what Man City shows up, though. It does, it does, but you know what usually happens in these kind of games. Mm. Um, we know Southampton and um, Crystal Palace. 
when they got points. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, the guy he replaced, Dean Smith. Let's let's talk about him going in at Norwich. Um, was you surprised? No, I think it's a good appointment because you know I think looking at the situation for Dean Smith, obviously he lost his job, and he's mentioned before that he wants to get straight back into management. And this appointment is not just only for you know trying to survival, but I think if they do go down, which they look like they're going to go down, he's the right man to get them back up. And I think Dean Smith will be the guy. I think the expectation will be not as as huge as it was at Villa. And he'll be just there trying to arrest the slum and trying to sort out that defence as best as possible. So I think it was between him and Lampard. Lampard pulled out. I think on the whole, I think they got the right man. And I think he, I think he could he could improve Norwich and get the best out of the squad that they have. Dan? Um, was you surprised? A little bit. I think off the back of Getting, getting set. I didn't, I mean, not like, oh, he wasn't going to get back into football, but I was surprised it was that rapid. Mm. Obviously, I know, yeah, he's available, but it's like, come on, he's just been on thing. And then I was thinking, bro. But I, I guess, I get what you're saying, though. It's like, if they do go down, which it looks like he is, because I mean, he brought Villa up. Mm. He, he, he's, he, he'd be, he could be a good guy to, to bring him back up. But then I think Norwich need to, I know they spent more money this time than they did the first time they came up, but then they need to actually, if they do come back up, then actually spend the money in a way that we want to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. Rather than just, we'll get some players or we'll do some loans and then we'll yeah. see what see happens. See if we can like, kind of hang in there. Yeah. yeah. That, that's like, kind of their approach. Be more yeah. competitive. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying all of a sudden like do a, a Leeds back in the days and just blow all the money and go, go broke. Yeah. But at least put a decent effort into it. Like yeah. no disrespect to some of the players they've signed, but it's just like when you, you, when you saw them, yeah, when you saw them, you're not thinking, oh, we're going to make a push to try and stay up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, listen, I, Dean Dean's done a he done a good job at Villa. No matter what happened towards the end, and then things happened. As I said, he he was presented some challenges with losing Villa's best player for the last what five years. Um, and then the new signings coming in, and especially Bailey being injured a lot. Um, and he decided just to make that decision to switch up the system, which ultimately for me didn't help and probably got him sacked. Um, but yeah, as you lot were saying, I think preparation that, listen, they've got a chance, they are. But as you said, the key word is how competitive can he make them? If you if, if at this point Norwich haven't been competitive, but I've slowly, slowly so I've showed signs of becoming competitive. Mm. That's I think I said this a few weeks ago. You could slowly see the signs that the score lines and and stuff were were, were getting respectable. a lot tighter. They were getting a lot of chances. Yeah, yeah, more they, they miss a lot of chances. You know what I mean? Um, I think the Leeds game, their goalkeeper cost them made a mistake they could have got a point from that or maybe three on chances that they had obviously the last time out they, they picked up their first win so they're on five points now which means they're level with Newcastle five points off of Villa so mathematically they're definitely in it it's just how quickly can he make them competitive 
And then it's, it's, it's down to quality. Now, if we all be honest, they haven't really got the quality to stay in this league. You would give them the, the slimmest chance of everyone to stay in this league, even Newcastle. But then you look at their next couple of fixtures. Um, I mean, they're the next bad. game, they're not bad. I mean, Southampton at home, and then following that at home against Wolves, then following that is Newcastle away, and then they're away to you lot at Tottenham, and then they're at home to Man United. So you don't and know then, what Man and United. Then, and, and then got Villa at home. Yeah. So, so when you look at that, I mean, if he could start with this weekend and get mm. again a, a yeah. home win against Southampton, then at home against. Wolves who Wolves right now are unpredictable mm. um, and then he goes to Norwich that's a massive game that's a six pointer you know yeah. what I mean um, yeah. then they come to Spurs they're at home to United um, and then the Villa game again depends how Steven Gerrard has settled in and, and, and what points he's got that's a six pointer as well so yeah the, the fixtures is, is a nice little there's no settling period as we said Everything's tough, especially for Norwich. Every game's going to be tough, but they're, they're not bad, the fixtures. They're not mm. too bad if you can pick out a first five or six. So, as I said, if, if you get a couple wins, just a couple wins puts them in a great position mm. to kind of build on it. And as I said, by January, be competitive and be in a position where you're, you've got a realistic chance of staying up. Um, we don't expect them to go ham in January. No one really does anyway. We expect Newcastle to try and do things. Um, mm. But, yeah, as I said, Dean's a decent coach. And to be honest, it might suit Dean um, Norwich. I think that might suit him. Um, I just want to get to the point of what what is, what is Frank Lampard doing and what is he looking for? I I don't know. I like. Does he think he's going to get a top job? Off the back of, I mean, what his two jobs has been: Derby, Championship, went and to then Chelsea. You jumped, you jumped hurdles to fucking made Chelsea. a big jump, and then yeah. I mean, you can't call his his time there a success. So, what are you waiting for? Like a a, a top six team was like or. But then I don't want to say like you know, championships is level. But I think he's the like he kind of like the the villa job, or like or you said a Southampton or something like that is mm. is him, in my opinion, right now. Because mm. the way it ended for him at Chelsea doesn't put him in contention for a top job. Oh boy, bite the bullet and be one of them men who Go over to Europe or something. The way he like, could do that. I mean, McLaren he, did, or did you know what I mean? Just go, go take a job over there and then see if you can turn it around. And then you ain't got the the pressure of the the, the British media on your back. Yeah, hundred you know percent. I, mean? I, I I do think it's too early in his career to do that. I think he needs to settle in one more job and, uh, and get that in the Premier League or the Championship. <sighs> I just think I, I said this. I thought Norwich was kind of a perfect job. Because mm. you, you, you don't right. really have any expectations, really. Exactly, not expected yeah. to keep them up. And as I said, they usually want the championship, so that will be the pressure. Is if you don't get them up, you look like you don't know what you're doing because they always yeah. want the championship under mm. under Farquhar. You know what I mean? So that's where the pressure will be. But it will allow him to settle down and and 
regroup in the championship if they were as we expect them to get relegated. Um, as I said, David, you you can have your point after. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what he's looking for. I what he had a he was interviewed for Crystal Palace. Was he? Yeah, I, I believe okay. he was interviewed for yeah. that. Um, what was the next one that came up? I don't know. I think he was linked with Villa. I don't think they actually was spoke to I him. Think it was, no, I don't, and I think he was linked with... Well, I guess the bookies were about Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle. Yeah, that's it. Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't, th- I don't think that was a smart one. Mm. So Do you I know what I think could have been a shout for him was if Gerard went to Villa, Rangers, why did he put his hat in the ring for Rangers? Yeah. My only argument is like, that's like a thing that your bedroom beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get, <laughs> you get the leftovers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's going to the straight author. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And then the comparisons with Gerard comes and yeah. if Celtic win the league, he looks like, yeah. you don't know what you're doing. Like, you're not as good as Gerard. Da, 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 this, that. And then if Gerard does shit at Villa, then you look like you definitely don't know what you're doing. So, I think it was a smart move to stay away from Rangers. Rangers hired um, Giovanni Van Broncos, by the way, today. Yeah, um, smart, smart appointment. Yeah, not bad. He's, he's, he played for the Arsenal club. legend, mate. Well, Rangers legend. But, <laughs> yeah, nah, um, nah, he was a good player as well. Good player. Um, yeah, good left foot. Yeah. And I think he done kind of well at, was it final? Yeah, he yeah. won the title with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, what's he been in China? Yeah, his last job yeah. was in China. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. So right we'll, we'll see. We'll see what he can do, man. Um, okay, yeah, David Lampard. Sorry. Yeah, look, I, I think with Lampard, I think he's looking at that. You know, I think the situation with Rogers, isn't it? The if he's going to go to Man United, I think he's eyeing up that Leicester City job. And I don't think he should yeah. be even looking at that Leicester City job. To be honest, I think a Southampton in the Premier or even go a, a league a league below in the championship. You know, go back to back to square one, build yourself up because the Chelsea job was a was a tough job. You know, he was always going to be there temporarily and he got given a lot of money. He couldn't bed the players in properly. And I, I think he needs to re- reset and go, you know, lower his expectations down. Uh, and I think maybe a club in the championship or maybe Southampton could be a good club for him to build back up again and build that credibility. There's no First shame. of all, we keep saying Southampton, but Hassan Hootles yeah, <laughs> not going I, nowhere right no, now. No, but I, I think if but I know what you're saying. Ameri- it's, it's a merry-go-round pro- because I think if, if Rogers does go to Man United, I think Hassel Hoofen for me will be a good be replacement. Good replacement for yeah. Leicester. Yeah, and I, agree. I think that Southampton job. So, you know, he's, he's ambitious. He's German, and he's I know minus a, like I mentioned the two nine nils he, he he suffered, but I think he's a good but manager. That happened. Well, it doesn't happen. It doesn't but, happen. Yeah, but it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. So, other than that, he's 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 a good coach. I yeah. know you wanted him at Man United. You said you were talking about Man United. Yeah, at one point. yeah. yeah so yeah, obviously, um, Rogers shut down the. The Man United talks. Whether he's just doing it because he has to. As I said, we'll see. If Leicester continue to do poor, I think people will start to say, oh, as he got as he got his eye on on something else. You know what I mean? Like like Harry Kane, kind of distracting. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let the last one. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe got the job at Newcastle. Emery turned it down. As I said before, it was out of. Them to they offered it to Emery. Emery said no. Or Villarreal said 
then not let him go anyway. Um, and Eddie Howe, who we expect to get in trouble anyway because he was at the last match sitting in the stands, has taken the job. Um, I think you both kind of agree with this appointment. Um, what chances do you give him being able to transform this Newcastle team keep them up? I think there's a reliance on other teams above them to be for, to to be poor. I, I think that's what's going to come. It's 50 because I think he's got to hit the ground running and on 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 performance with, with with Bournemouth. You know, I don't know if he's got that defensive. Defensively, I, I worry a little bit because he does. His team do tend to concede a lot of goals. They do play nice football. They do tend to concede a lot of goals, and, and you know the most important thing for Newcastle is trying to get that defence and build them from defence to attack. I don't know whether or not he can he possesses that, but look, he's got a chance. But I do believe it's going to rely on other teams, but above them to kind of falter, and then he takes his opportunities. Uh, but look, I'm looking at his at the next four games. You know, Newcastle at home to Brentford. I think that'd be an ideal ideal team because Brentford are going through a little bit of a slump at the moment. Plus yeah. a couple of defeats. Uh, don't get a bit. Don't get any easier. I mean, they're away at Newcastle on the twenty seventh. You know, Arsenal. They are and... Newcastle. No, oh, sorry, uh, um, Arsenal. Sorry, <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're away. You know, away at the Emirates, and then. But then uh, at home to Norwich and at home to Burnley. That's two yeah. decent yeah. fixtures back to back. I know Burnley are not yeah. an easy team to play and can yeah. pull out surprise results. And Newcastle, if they beat Newcastle, you wouldn't be really surprised. But. Yeah. For him, that's not bad. And then it gets peak after that. I don't even know if we want to go into it. But lesser, lesser away, Liverpool away, Man City at home, Man United at home. That says relegation. But Mm -hmm. I'll say, if he can, in these next four games, as you said, if he can pick up nine points, I'll be brilliant. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Do you think... So if Newcastle did go down, you think he'd be able to? He'll keep the job. Is that kind of what they were kind of thinking, thinking ahead, or do you think he'll be gone? Anyway? No, I think he'll. I think he'll stay. Because what? Because what would be the point of get? What manager? What high-profile manager would be interested in managing Newcastle within the Championship? And Eddie Howe's Eddie Howe's been in the Championship. You know, he he knows what it's like to get promoted. We've done it well. A couple of promotions, obviously, being in League One and getting them up to the uh, the Premier League. So League Two, isn't it? Yeah, both from League, League Two. League upwards. Two, yeah, yeah. So he's got that experience. He knows the Championship. It's a minefield in there, and he knows how to navigate around it. So I think that I think this is an appointment long term. When I say long term, if they go down for the, you know, I think they'll keep him. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I the worry about him is he's had. He's been at Bournemouth. He left Bournemouth after he got them up to, I think it was a championship. Then he took Burnley, done shit, got sacked, went back to Bournemouth and continued his job and got them to the Prem and stuff. I, I, is he one of them kind of one club kind of guys or is he one of them guys that really needs to have time to build something because he's not going to have time to build nothing at Newcastle? They're going to want to put their money in. And I mean, we'll find out how smart the people are that make the decision. We'll see if, if, if the decision that they make 
become successful. Um, but if he was to get them relegated, I, I don't know if they would keep him. Would they panic and or would they allow these, him that? I think these owners season? are here long term. Uh, cut you off. I think these owners have come in. They've looked at it from a long term perspective. You know, they know the situation at Newcastle win, and, and I think that they would know the possibility that Newcastle can be relegated. I think this this project that they've going on is 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 a five ten year pro- progress. If it means they get relegated to come back up and be able to build again, then so be it. I think that'll be in the back of their minds because there is a possibility they can get relegated. And like I said, I, if if he does if he does get them relegated, they could get maybe a champ a championship type of manager to manage them in the. But then when they get if they get back up, which they should do with the amount of money that they have. It's another thing as well, so I'm, I'm not sure. Um, okay, let's... Right, the only fuck thing is my internet is moving dicey right now. Um, <laughs> obviously, it was internationals. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just talk about this quickly. Um, we'll just have a little debate. Um, Harry Kane, what's he on, 48 goals now? Yeah. Was he five behind Rooney? Think so. Yeah, I think so. It's like, and then, but he's the most competitive England. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, England played Albania and um, San Marino. Beat San Marino ten 0 Before that, they beat Albania. What was it? Five. 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 Yeah, five. Hurricane scored back to back hat tricks that um, rocketed him up the list. He was high up anyway, but. I put him above Linda Carr and, and where's Shearer now? Is he above Shearer? Yeah, he's yeah. above. Yeah, he's above Shearer. Okay. Um, he's, above he's, he's, he's only he's only behind what Charlton and Rooney. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's on he's on level with uh, Lineker, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, what? Where does he rank in um, English strikers for you? Nowhere. I hate the guy. I'm not gonna lie. I do. But uh, brother, I I hate international football anyway. I don't back England. Yeah. <laughs> but on an aspect of 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 obviously he's listen, he's gonna break that record. Let's just be fucking mm. honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Mm. He's gonna break that record. He's gonna go down as the most. His name is gonna be up there as as England's highest goal scorer. So. Uh, uh, anyone who reads the record books would just automatically say that he's the best English striker. Yeah. What would you say about that? And be honest. But I think the thing is, but I look at it as okay in terms of records and goals he scored for England. Yes, and then obviously I think in the Premier League he's he's getting up there. But he's I don't mean to rub it. He's got no trophies, bro. Do you know what I mean? That, that thing. If you want to talk about how good a player is. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you, you you have trophies behind you. Like Rooney's got Champions League titles, FA Cups. Do you know what I mean? So it seems kind of the balance seems kind of off. But like you said, you, the teams that are put in front of you and you bang them goals, that's the thing. But if you wanted to rank it, yes, he might end up above Rooney in goals scored and everything. But I wouldn't class him as a better striker. On a, on a, on a pure individual ability thing, would you say Rooney is, is better? Forget the titles because Rooney played for the fucking Man United. 
and they won everything back then. But I think as um, for for like ability, I think Rooney's a better player than Kane. But then Rooney was was the guy who you could see him play up top, could play in a number ten. You saw him drop into midfield. Yeah. There was a there was a, a versatility to his game. You knew he could, and not just like oh is that you tip, but you he'll do a job. He's not just yeah. he's filling in. He could do a job. Whereas Harry Kane is a striker. You're not going to put him out wide or drop him deep. Well, he kind of did last season. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to, to Kane, he, he is quite versatile. He, is, he can play in that number 10, and I eventually do think that he could probably drop a bit to number 10. That's just my thing about Harry Kane is that, look, he's a, I think he's an exceptional player, he's a world class player, but Southgate does just plays him all the time, man. Just, just game after game after game, even when he's not in form. I know it's not. I know that's not directly linked to what you're asking, but I just that it's, he's scoring goals, and I think the, the goals that Rooney has scored are, are far more important. I mean, the opposition back then, when Rooney was scoring goals, was a lot better than what the opposition is now. And, and a bit of it's down to obviously with England now, their team's a lot better. But and you know, Southgate, you know, England are getting better. But I think the opposition, the goals that Rooney has scored, especially in the competition, the tournaments meant a lot more than what the goals that Harry Harry has scored. He hasn't really scored many important goals that have could, could potentially win anything for England. And, and I think the whole element of him not winning anything as well comes to mind because you, you look at the list and stuff and the players on the list, they've won something. They've And, and, and he hasn't. And not all of it's his fault. I think over, you know, we could judge him towards the end of the career. Hopefully he does end up winning something, whether it's with Tottenham or someone else, probably with someone else. But, um, He's an exceptional player, man. But I just, I don't know. I mean, the jury's still out for me, man. Jury's still out on what? On whether or not he's the you can consider him the the, the best oh, ever okay. England, England okay. striker of, of all time. Look, it's the discussion. Um, like when you made that comment earlier, Dan, about striker, I, I completely disagree. Um, from when I saw Harry, like very early, I remember I said it. In the Chelsea game, I remember we beat Chelsea at Wild Lane. 5 2, I think it was. Mourinho was their manager. Poch's first season. And he was exceptional, scored two goals. And it was his goals in that game that said there's something different. And obviously, people can say, well, Spurs fans say you're biased. But I, I, I remember, I, I don't know, I called my brother or something after the game and I said, let me tell you something. This guy had the ability. I believe, and I'm saying this now. Obviously, people can say, oh, you're talking shit. You didn't say this, but I did say it, yeah? He has the ability to be the best English forward ever. Now, Wayne Rooney kind of gets forgotten about sometimes, you know? I don't know if that's because he was around for so long and you have so many chapters of his career that you remember, I mean, look, his fucking debut was the most amazing debut I've seen. Scored a hat-trick in the Champions League. Like a... Nah, not, not you. you oh, no, no, no. Now, for Man United. For Man United. Oh, oh and that night. one as well. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, for that, that hat-trick against Fenerbahce was unbelievable. I remember when I watched that. I remember that to this day when I watched Mendes. it. Mendes. To this day. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Um, <laughs> I, I remember when I watched that and I was like, Nah, this guy's moving different. And he was what 18 at the time? Running yeah. things since then, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I remember 
um, in our old job, Dan. Yeah. I don't know if he was there at times. And we had a discussion about Wayne Rooney. And remember Oates? Yeah, yeah. Oates was saying, ah, Rooney shit, man. He ain't all that. And I was like, at these times, I can't remember what this was. I think this was not long after he had the little thing with Ronaldo. So I think Ronaldo might have gone. It might have been the first season after Ronaldo got. Remember, he moved up front. Mm. And he kind of played yeah, yeah. striker for a season, scored like 30 goals, killed it. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, listen, this guy can play for any team in the world. Any team in the world. Bayern Munich at that time, Barcelona, anyone. Seriously, because he had that about his game. Like, he was strong. He was quick. He had, he had, he had dribbling skills. The vision. Vision, technique. How we could strike. I mean, that goal against Newcastle uh, is still one of my favorite uh, goals. Ever. Lord have mercy. I swear he was arguing with the referee, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he and then he said, you know what? Fuck this, young. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you what it's all about, bro. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, so listen, don't get me wrong. Wayne really was a fantastic footballer. And as I said, I think he was a bit un- underappreciated towards the end because not it went sour towards the end, but obviously Fergie kind of was leaving and he had the little thing with Man City where he was saying he was going to duck Man United and for money and all that shit. And he obviously had the things in his private life. And, and to be honest, I remember I always say this. For me, the English public, English public, English media or whoever, they took the spark out of Wayne Rooney. Mm. They took that rawness, that hood kind of thing out of him. Like, I remember when they put in the paper, the national anthem for him to read. Because he didn't sing the national anthem. And I was like, is that really what you're bothered about? Like, I get it. He <laughs> yeah. went on to be captain. And I guess the captain should be singing or whatever. Bollock, yeah. But I was like, it was damn times that he started to try and become the perfect kind of man. He was out shanking grannies before that. and <laughs> Grannies. You know what I mean? Like, the guy was doing, doing his it. thing. Like, and he still kept his girl and his... Girl is kind of decent compared to... Still violating as we speak, bro. Yeah, so, I don't know. Obviously, yeah, kids and stuff, and I guess that changes you as a man, but I think on the pitch, you can still go back to that rural guy, and I think they kind of killed that. I remember when he... Remember when he kicked my man? Oh, what the fuck was his name? The African youth for Hull. Ugly youth. Ugly. (laughs) I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Oh, Abdul Fai or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He was <laughs> ugly, that yeah. Guy, Wayne Rooney fire, booted bro. him, yeah. And that was the last signs where I saw raw Wayne Rooney. After that, he went a bit kind of soft, I thought. I know he did that thing where he got taken off for England and he's not taken off. Remember the game finished and he went up to the camera and he said, oh, nice to see your fans supporting you and all that. So he yeah. still, you can see it was underneath him, innit? But, and I said, I think that side of him kind of went. But with Harry Kane, I said, I think Harry Kane could do a lot, man. Like, his striking ability, I don't think I've seen anyone with striking ability like that, seriously. Left foot, right foot is brilliant. We know he's not quick. He is strong. Um, Dives a lot. (laughs) For someone very strong, he falls over a lot. Uh, They all do. They all do. Yeah, he's got bad ankles. And I think that's changed him. That's changed him because... Harry bulked up a bit and I think that he lost that little flairness that he had before. He had slight little flairness that he showed in the ability and I think that kind of went. Um, 
But yeah, listen, it's one of the things. Opinions is fair enough to say that about the, the trophies thing. And I, I get that argument. I don't understand. Well, I do understand it, but obviously I'm a Tottenham fan. We don't win nothing. So maybe that's why I'm saying that. But we'll see. We'll see when, when his career is done, what, what people really think, because that, that's when people kind of look back. And as I said, the, the sad thing is for Wayne Rooney, I think people don't really look back with the appreciation that they kind of should. Even me, even when I've had discussions about best centre forwards and strikers and da da da, like sometimes I forget about him. Mm. I'm like, wow, fucking hell, I forget about Wayne Rooney. You know what I mean? Um, and as you said, he was that all round guy. You could play in midfield, you could play him up wide, you could play him anywhere. And I think that separates him from Harry. Harry is a centre forward striker. That's that. That's what he is. Where Wayne Rooney is a centre forward, he could be a midfielder, he could be a striker, he could be a wide man. He could, you know, what I mean, he could do a bit of everything. So. And maybe that's what that's what kind of shuns him a bit, you know what I mean? Uh, but you you made a point uh, about um, the, the British me- uh, the English media in it. I think they do that with everyone. I mean, you look at Rude, the, the more he got successful, the more they kind of they just wanted more and more. And, and I think just never let these English players just naturally progress. I mean, I look at Jack Wilshire, for example. You know, he was considered to be the next bright light and you know, obviously he gets injured and stuff, but the way they portray him and, and even Harry Kane, you know, I think the difference between Harry Kane and Rooney is that obviously Harry Kane is the consummate professional on and off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Rooney, Rooney's the type you of guy... You don't really have know. to tell him nothing. You know? No, you don't have to pay that. He, he keeps himself to himself. He's got a good, strong family dynamic off the pitch. With Rooney, even though he has a family-orientated uh, circle around him, he just... He has that rugged, scouser mentality. Not, not, not kind of diss any scousers, but... I don't know, just kind of that rogue mentality there. From that aspect, the British media kind of got copped onto that and I think they've used that against him and he doesn't give himself any favours. And that's what people now remember Rooney for, for all the on-off-the-field antics as opposed to what he did on the pitch. Yeah, and, and I think kind of, now you mentioned that, it's kind of similar to, to Messi and Ronaldo. Mm. I think like Rooney is like the Messi where it's natural, all natural. And I think people like Ronaldo and Kane that's been hard work. Don't get me wrong, they're fantastic footballers anyway and they had Harry like from reports like in the youth team he was always banging in goals and scored all types of goals as well. Great finisher, volleys, all that. But it was his, physic- it, it was his physical stuff that was the problem. That's why he got released by Arsenal. That he wasn't naturally a fit guy. So he's worked on that. He's worked on that to, and the way he eats and the way he looks after himself and he's driven. You know what I mean? Where you can see Rooney's just natural. It was all natural from when he was young. There was no question about Rooney. As I said, where a lot of people questioned about Harry Kane when he was young. Mm. When you ask professionals that saw him when he was young, like, like Jermaine the first, listen, this guy could always score goals. He said that. Like, but, like Scott Parker, Robbie Keane, all these guys were like, nah, like, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. You could see he was a good finisher, but I wasn't sure about him. You know what I mean? And you can see he's, he's had to work for that. So, um, yeah, I think we spoke about that long enough. Um, we'll move on to MMA now. Yeah? Mm. Go for it. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the action that just happened the weekend gone. Was... Well, David, you could talk about the card because I know you was really impressed. 
that will bring us on to debate. Do you want to do the debate first? Yeah, I don't mind doing that. Yeah, well, 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 talk us through what you saw in this Holloway card. From I know you said you watched it from early on. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. You can start from the main, and then yeah. anything that you see from the prelims, you can yeah. mention. I'll let you do this, because you don't usually do it anyway. And then, yeah. Dan, you can go off David, what he yeah. says, so you two mm. can have a kind of discussion. I mean, like like I said, I you know I took the opportunity. I thought, you know what, let me watch this fight night. You know, it's obviously I like Max Holloway, and I know a bit about uh, yeah. Obviously, he's been out for t- for two years, but um, I won't get onto that fight straight away. But a couple of the the undercard fights which I really enjoyed, um, Chaos Williams, man, fucking hell. I mean, I know he had a reputation going into this fight, but Jesus Christ, I mean, I saw it, loved every minute of it. I mean, it, I think it was a right hand. Down the pipe to Bieza. And I, I think Bieza kind of landed awkwardly or something like that. And then it fell to the ground. But KO was brilliant, man. And I know he's been building a bit of momentum. But oh, listen, his performance was fantastic, man. Right on the button. He was on him. Um, his attitude towards it towards it was fantastic, man. I just enjoyed that KO, man. I, he, I hope, I, 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 did he get that like, bonus of the, the, the fight of the night? One of the, bo- the bonuses? He has to get a bonus for that performance, man. It was brilliant. I mean, man. fight of the night was the headline event. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he got a performance. I'm not I sure. hope he gets a bonus for that that knockout, man. It was it was brilliant. <laughs> and, yeah, um, I, I, sorry. I, yeah. I, on that fight, like, Bia's is a good fighter. Yeah. Like, I, I remember when we kind oh, of sorry, spoke one about- second. He did get a performance of the night bonus. He got 50 Gs. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I did speak about this fight and I said, this is one to watch out for. Bies is mm. good. Mm. He's good. Mm. Good with his kicks, man. Um, yeah, I, for me, he just stayed in the pocket way too long with chaos, man. You can't do that because mm. last time out, he lost, as far as I can remember, was to um, Pereira. You know, the madman. Oh, the yeah, one who does yeah. all the dancing yeah. and just does yeah. all that man. Michelle Pereira. And Michelle, like, he fought very smart in that fight. Kept the distance and get involved in any chaotic, chaos, chaotic kind of situations with Chaos Williams. Um, and he was smart. And Bieza, he, he, he trusts himself as an athlete. Mm. And it was a close fight up until then. But you yeah. always knew Williams has the ability to turn your lights off, man. Yeah. He, he caught him with a counter. Yeah. And yeah, switched his lights off, as you said. Yeah, go on now. No, no, I was just gonna say, um, like you said, it was a kind of it was a it was a close fight. It was a it was a decent one. I'm not saying it was super um like a pick'em kind of thing, but it was like, all right, it's going a little back and forwards, it's nice, it's where's it gonna go? And then boy, my man just went. All right, this is it. <laughs> it's a moment, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was like you, you let you you've left it open, so I'm walking through the door, bro, and yeah. dealt with yeah. it. Yeah. But again, yeah. sometimes like getting into the third round with with MMA being five minute rounds, and you you expend a lot of energy in this that, and the other. Sometimes concentration levels can dip in that final round. So I don't know if that's what it was, but yeah, he just walked, left it wide open, and just got dealt. with. Oh shit! Your boy Kennedy lost. Yeah, yeah and I, I bet I put Kennedy down to win. To win. Ah, <laughs> uh, the death. Ah, uh, the disappointment, man. Oh god. Kennedy I didn't even lost, know. Man. I didn't even see that. Yeah. yeah. Same. I think I came in at the case. No, yeah, I watched back from the Casey fight. Um, what other what other fights stood out? 
before we talk uh, about the main event? Um, I'm, uh, I was going to talk about the Felicia Spencer fight. I know that like, Lee has been out for a couple of years, uh, I believe. Uh, um, so she was her first time back. I mean, it was an okay. It was an okay fight. I mean, she, I mean Spencer just kind of smothered her. Yeah, smothered. Sm- smothered her for throughout the, the the rounds. I mean, I mean, it was kudos to Le- uh, Leah for lasting that long. But yeah, she's almost she just imposed her will on her, especially on the cage, not letting her breathe. Just the blows and yeah, quite yeah. impressive. I, I know that it's that uh, one five one four five um, division. I know it's quite like because I know Nunez is champion, and very I know there was small. very small, not many like, women. No fighters, <laughs> no right fighters there. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, you know, a couple know more victories. Yeah, I, I don't know. If there was rumors of whether or not they're going to de- defunct it and get completely get rid of it, or, or yeah. I think I think Dana says it depends on on Nunes, to be honest. Yeah, what mm. she wants to decide. What but I mean, do. yeah. does anyone want to see Felicia Spencer fight her again? No, no. You know but the thing mean? is, but Felicia long. Spencer is not a bad fighter. Yeah, she's, she's, she's not decent. bad. But she's never going to be. No, I was saying, but she's yeah. decent. But then at the same time, when we talk about levels, there was that yeah. thing. So in featherweight. She's she's very good, and then yeah. then you've just got Nunes just way past all of them. Yeah, I was gonna say one fight that I liked that was on the undercard was the um, Calvillo um, Andrea Lee. Yeah, Lee lit her up, man. Yeah, very good fight. Very yeah, Lee good. lit her up. I just rewatched it before we came before we came on. I was like, let me catch some more the prelims again. That was. Pfft. I felt bad for Cynthia, man, because yeah. like I was, she was on um, unfiltered. With Shao, yeah. my guy um, Matt Sarah, the legend. Um, <laughs> she was on there earlier in the week, and she was talking about she's lost back-to-back fights and yeah. the mistakes she made against um, Andrade last time out, and taking that fight, she kind of didn't need to take it, but she wanted to, and mm. how she needs to win this, and and basically. During the at the end of the second round, she said no more. Her nose was smashed. Mm-hmm. I just think she, her will was broken, man. Impressive, impressive win for Andrea Lee. She's on a little streak now. Man. Yeah, but I think the thing with Calvillo is since she was always she she missed weight for the last few fights at flyweight. I mean, at, um, straw coming up to flyweight, she's she's a little bit undersized against some of them. Oh, Sylvia. Yeah. 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 But she was forced to, it was like, because she kept missing weight, it's like, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. go up. And it's like, what was I going to say? Another one, oh. the, the Sean Woodson. Ah, oh, brilliant. The brilliant boxing, bro. Brilliant. Oh, the body shot. Ah, oh, <laughs> yeah. beautiful, bro. The confidence. Shook it in his face, told him, yo, I yeah. see I got you with that body shot before. Back, back. <laughs> Lined it up. Nice. Oh, that was man. nice, man. That was impressive for Sean Woodson. I like yeah, his yeah. calmness, man. Mm. Really good. Really good performance. Um, there's one, I, one, I, one. I, uh, I think you might be saying. I think the heavyweight fight before the the main uh, Ben Brothwell against uh, the oh, Lima. Ben Ruffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, he lit him up. Thirty yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he said, uh, <laughs> "Go on." He said, "He said prior to the fight, he said, listen, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you up.' As soon as that <laughs> bell went, Eve, listen, it looked like a man possessed. He didn't, <laughs> didn't know what to do, man. He was stunned." He hit him with the right, left, right. The fucking hell, this man's, <laughs> man! He was not wasting no time to get this brother out out the ring. Herb Dean was on the edge. 
Yeah. He didn't know what to do. He was like, "Shut, stop it!" <laughs> like he was dancing. He was like, "What the fuck?" But then at man? one point, he actually tapped tap man on the back, like, and then they yeah, 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 yeah. And then they carried on, and and, yeah. and Ben kind of um tried to like almost guillotine him, innit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like that fight's done. Yeah. yeah, the fight was. He stopped it at the right time. The fight wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, he was a bit unsure. But I just want to before we talk about the the main event. Jeez, bro. Joel Alvarez. Did you see that? What's that? Joel Alvarez. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tiago yeah. Moises. Yes. First of all, not gonna I, I did not see that coming. I did not know. What the hell? I've seen Alvarez before still. But he's one yeah. of them guys. As I said, when you have seen just so many fighters, only when the fight starts, you're like, oh shit, I know that guy. I've seen him before. <laughs> like he was one of them, isn't it? Um yeah. but man, he looked good. Yeah. The only problem is he is huge, yeah, <laughs> and he didn't make weight, and I think that's uh, the second time now. So he's fucked. So sadly, he's gonna have to move up, yeah, to world weight, and maybe that will help him. Who knows? But he looked very good. Nice, nice striking man. It could work him like um, with yes, like someone who's just way too big for thing. So it's not too much of a thing going up that way. Yeah, like Kiesa didn't miss weight. No, he didn't miss weight, but he's one of those he ones just looked, coming to lightweight. He looked he just really looked bad. Weight. Yeah. Yeah, like he was sucking himself. Where Alvarez, he's not even making weight, so I don't yeah. know, man. Sorry. Um, right, let's go main event, man. What a fight. What a <laughs> fight. David, let you go first. Yeah, listen, I mean, Max Holloway, man, he always brings the the hype, he brings the excitement. But I think, yeah, after two years out in the game, man, to come out and give that level of performance, a round of applause, man. And I know a lot of people were sceptical that the fact that he was ranked number three, listen, he justified it. Uh, the fight was just end-to-end, man. I mean, the the kicks, I mean, I, I, he lighted up uh, Holloway's legs. I mean, legs were just, there were welts all over his legs. I didn't think he'd be able to stand, but they were trading. You know, obviously, Max always considers himself being the, the best boxer in MMA. But listen, yeah, he he, he, he kind of uh, stood up to it and throwing some haymakers himself. The punches back and forth. And Holloway's got a tremendous chin, man. Fuck yeah, hell. he's a dog, bro. Listen, uh, he just reminds me of Kyle Froch, man. Just takes them punches and punches, man. And he can throw some back. But as the rounds went on, I mean, I think the, the fatigue of year, you know, the match, the the fatigue kind of went a little bit and obviously Holloway was going through the gears and it was a comfortable win towards the end. But listen, it was an entertaining fight throughout, man. I, I really enjoyed that fight, man. And Holloway, I, yeah, like I said, I mean, just, he always brings that excitement. For me, he's one of my favourite fighters in the UFC, man. It's always, he's never in a dull fight, but man, he's never, never in a dull fight. How he's still standing, I don't know, but looking a shout off to yeah, man. He was brilliant, man. Dad? Yeah, I was... I'm not going to like... After that first round... First round I gave to, to Yaya. And I yeah. was he like, came out hot. Yeah, yeah. He came out and then I was like, oh shit. Like, if this guy can keep this up for yeah, the fight, yeah. this is him. This is him. And I'm like, I'm like... You know Max is my boy. I was like, oh shit. This would be trouble. He was a massive, massive yeah. underdog. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. It was insane. I think when I was looking on Betfair or something like Max was like one to eight. Do you know what I mean? It's like 
Wow, that was so far. In the, oh, yeah, yeah, but after that first round, it's like there was you could see after two years, like okay, he's put he's, he's putting weight, he's thing, and then but boy, I was getting worried. But then at the same time, but then Max Max for me took too many punches, man. He takes a lot of punches. He too. took he took because apparently what he took he took over a hundred to the head. To the head. Um, in in that fight? And he's done that in... And has he done that in the he last... He took 78 to the head. No, no, no. Yeah, he took 100 and... Is that right? No, no, the yeah, strikes some. that were targeted. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he took 78 to the head. Oh. 56 to the legs, though. But that's significant strikes. We're talking about other strikes as well he took to the head. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he's, he's taken some punishment, man. And that's, I think that's been that's kind of been the, the way it's been for the last few fights for him. Oh. He's, he's done something, but but yeah, as as it as the fight went on, he kind of he he, he stepped it up and and thing. But it was a very back and forward fight because I think with Yaya because he uses distance and he's very unorthodox. Yeah. You see him catch Max with a few elbows and oh, come up with some elbows, and It was like <laughs> I'm like that's when it was one. It's like how the hell did you just and he just found it. Yeah, yeah he's. You're always <laughs> in danger with yeah, yeah. Can you never switch off, man? You yeah, just, any yeah. angle, you've got to be alert. Yeah. Well, just ask Korean Zombie, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and that was with one second left. Like. Yeah, but it's 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 mad. Is this fight of the year? We uh, did. We just have one a few, a few weeks. Well, back this is. Well, we're going to get. We're, we're going to get to that after. We're going to get to that after. Um, I, I mean, just want to say. Um, yeah, go on. Any more? I, don't, I, uh, I mean, I was just gonna say, amazing fight. I mean, Yair was a was a warrior. I mean, if you saw my man's foot at the end of that fight, oh man, was that was this horrible, disgusting. I mean, disgusting. I mean, he's lucky nothing's broken. Apparently, both of them are only it, facing it, like a two-week suspension. Yeah, they're just facing two-week suspensions for a hard fight. Crazy, That's crazy. But basically, he's like. Because, but he said that's what you get when you're a kicker. But, bro, oh, that yeah. was, and he was still, and that fifth round, he was still going and throwing it. And, but, that nah, man, man's a soldier. He was throwing heavy as well. Yeah. Mm. Like, Every his punches in them first two rounds, like, them, he was throwing, like, with survival intent early yeah. on. Mm. Like, yeah. I need to send a message to Max to not come near me because he's going to get lit up because I'm yeah. ready for this. You know, I mean, that's the kind of message you were sending. And as you said, David, about being ranked third, like, it was a question. The guy hasn't fought forever. I mean, he's got the win over a Korean zombie. I mean, he, he got, had them two fights with Jeremy Stevens. But there's a lot of people we want to see him fight that he hasn't. We know about the Zabit stuff. and Like... I said there was a question about this guy, but no questions, man. Full respect to this guy. He came out like an animal. At the end, he was getting beat up towards the end a bit. But, mm. I mean, up them third round, I didn't expect. I thought the way he was going, if he didn't end Max in that first, or halfway through that second, he was fucked. But yeah. he was reversing. When he was on the ground, he was staying active. Yeah, and no, oh, I give it to him. kicks were disgusting. Mm. Yeah, like Max, Max Scott, they both attempted five takedowns. So, yeah. and you know, when people were coming with the thing, oh, Max had to take him down. He was fearing. Nah, they both attempted the same amount of takedowns, just that Max 
got free, you know what I mean? So yeah. the match turned to a bit of a wrestler at times. But as I said, that's that's what it, that's what it's about, man. That's what it's about. It's about showing that you're not just a striker. It's about being a mixed martial artist. And I think both, yeah, and I think both of them showed that because Jair survived in areas. Okay, maybe um, Holloway hasn't got the, the most skills on the ground, do you know what I mean? But mm. he survived. Um, yeah, and that will get onto the question. This fight and fight from last week, which was better? Obviously, we only got to see three rounds of Gaethje versus Chandler. Mm. And we got five rounds of this. But what, in you lot's opinion, what, what would you say is the better fight? For me, if I answer, um, I think it's this one. Because no one expected that performance from He's froze. God damn it. Yeah, go on now. Nah, I'll... From your eye, considering yeah, the fact that he was out for two years. I knew it. You almost expected David, David, that David, from David. and Chan. You froze. Yeah, I can hear you. I was no, it. Froze. You, you froze. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, say that again. I was going to say that this, this fight, because um, no one expected that from your the fact that he's been out for two years to come back that level of performance, that competitive in that fight, you almost expect that from Gaethje and Chandler, that, you know, those two come together, you know what you're going to expect, but no one really thought that this was going to be as explosive, as dynamic and come to blows. It was end-to-end. So I, I kind of think this fight, even though it was a fight night, you know, it, it could have been a pay, it, on a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, that's that's irrelevant. The fight night was a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, that... Um, I know Max is my boy, but I'll go with the, the China and Gaethje fight. I think from, from the aspect of, of the Jair and Max, yes, it was it was technical, it was thing, and there was some striking, there was amazing moments. But with the, the China and Gaethje, it was just so back and forth. It was no one backing down at one point. It was just Health level, just let's just bang these guys out and standing and banging it just non stop. There was, and it's weird to say to make this one my preferred fight considering it wasn't super technical compared to say the the Holloway fight, but I, I give it to, to, to the Gaethje fight. Just, and I mean, and you, I know there was no crowd in the well, the minimal crowd in the Apex crowd, to, yeah. to, to bounce it off of, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. impact that that. Gaethje and Chandler fight had, and then then what you the the reactions from it afterwards online on thing was just insane. Yeah, I think it was a bigger platform, so more people definitely would have saw it. Um, But I'm gonna agree with David, Uh, and the reason why, as entertaining as Chandler and Gaethje was, and I love Gaethje, I I think Gaethje and Holloway are the two most exciting guys in the sport. I would love to see him fight. I said David the other day. Um, we'll talk about what's next for Max in a minute. Um, but yeah, I just like that it was more of a mixed martial arts fight. I know there was an attempt to take downs from um, Chandler, but they were more just panic shots mm. where I think in this fight, it was, it was all part of the game. There was a couple, I 
think there was a couple of submission attempts, if I remember. Uh, yeah, one from um, Holloway. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I would go with um, with this fight, the, the Holloway, and yeah, yeah. Um, what next for Holloway? There's only one thing for him. Yeah, agree. And I, I know everyone like what. He only he only had his the rematch was only last year and there is a Volkanovski might be getting fed up of having to fight this bear again. Yeah, but it's not. That's but there's point. no, no. But I'm saying, but there's no other. Yeah, there's he's no. Earned, other. He's he's earned that right for that. Yeah, yeah. And from what he's, and because of the second fight, after, the way yeah, it ended for me. Yeah, and then obviously he's like he's still number one contender and da da da. But he's just that guy, and I think Volkanovski needs the third fight. To kind of dead off the second fight, yeah, to, I agree. To, to, to be the definitive moment of like I've beaten this guy three times now, or two, depending on how you see it. But now I am the guy. And, and to put well. to put away the question of that Max is the champion without the belt. Yeah, yeah. I, I seriously think that's how people feel. Like as I said, I thought um, Volkanovski won the first fight comfortably, and I think Max won the second fight just but I, I thought it was fairly I was fairly confident that Max won that fight I was surprised basically when they said Holo, um, Volkanovski Volkanovski yeah yeah so I would like to see Max fight Volkanovski again look if, if he was to beat Volkanovski and a contender wasn't to emerge straight away I know it would seem a bit like a wanker thing but I would like to see him maybe then defend it once if someone appears and then move to lightweight. Mm. I really would, man. At this time, I think lightweight is crazy and I think he could finally make that decisive, that definite move up where yeah. he tried it, flirted with it for the interim belt against Poirier. But I think to become a legit lightweight, I, I think Max, is, Max can be one of the best, man. Best, the blessed is best, as he says, and I think he is one of the best. I, I really do. As a mixed martial artist, I think he's fantastic, man. I think he's got everything. I think mm. Poirier beat him because Poirier had more power than him. I mean, the Poirier was more natural to the weight, whereas Max stepped up. Yeah, but he didn't take it seriously that. the same way Adesanya you're going to light heavy. Yeah, he yeah. took it, but you didn't take it seriously like this is going to be my future. Yeah, and I think the definitive difference between the Max and Poirier was that Poirier hits harder. Yeah. Um, and I think with Adesanya and Blahovic, I think Adesanya's game is the stand-up. And Blahovic I think... Uh, wrestling, uh, wrestling. Yeah, but I think Blahovic matched him with that. Mm. So mm. you could kind of argue that Adesanya would have lost it anyway if it had stayed on the feet. Where I, I think... Max was coming into that fight. He was coming into that fight. We know mm. he's got an amazing chin. And I think that's what he showed as well, that he can have a chin at lightweight, that he could take them guys' shots. As I said, I just think that uh, the, the shots that he took just scored way too much for Poirier. Like, yeah. And I think that's why he lost. Um, we've spent a lot of time on, on MMAs, but quickly... I was going to say the debate. Yeah, we'll just talk the debate because I was going to talk news, any news that you don't want to talk about, fight announcements and stuff. But um, 
and the card that's coming on the weekend. We will quickly end MMA talking about that card um, that's coming up on the weekend quickly, just saying what fights we think to look forward to and stuff. But um, yeah, quickly, David, you rang me, you messaged me, and you were excited about the card that you saw. As we know, you're a boxing man more. Yeah. Um, with me and Dan, I mean, I think Dan is the same as me. I'd definitely yeah. say, and I've said, I like both, but I'm definitely more an MMA guy. Yeah, definitely more MMA. Boxing, just the history of boxing. Yeah. Um, where MMA has only been around really uh, on the mainstream since 1983. And, uh, yeah, so with this debate about MMA versus boxing, what is it that is is starting to make you sway towards watching um, MMA more? Is it on the fact of just MMA is just entertaining? Or is the fact that it's more entertaining than boxing and boxing disappoints you in, in some way? Uh, I mean, there's a number of factors why I'm, you know, I'm starting to enjoy MMA a lot more. I mean, I used to watch MMA, you know, sporadically here and there certain certain fighters obviously you know Usman and obviously Adesanya, Nigerian fighters, the Nigerian fighters and, <laughs> and other, other fighters Holloway I like Whitaker and a few others I mean, yeah but you're more, more, of a, more of a casual yeah well, yeah I would say more yeah. of a casual yeah but my obviously boxing's been I mean I, I mean I I love the I love boxing I love the his, history of the you know the legendary fights you know Hagler and Hearn and you know the the, the wars between um Gatti and Ward. And Ward as well, so that's where that's where I'm at. And obviously, I've loved the emergence of Pacquiao, Mayweather, and obviously now Errol Spence and Thurman's and and Crawford. So that's obviously been where I'm at. But what I've noticed around about boxing is the politics, man. And it just I get a bit disillusioned with it, man. I always feel that the best should be fighting the best. And, and what's the problem is with boxing is is that there's just too many belts. There's yeah. too many. Be- there's too many belts out here. Any, it's like anyone could become a world champion. Anyone. And, <laughs> anyone. anyone, bro. <laughs> and I don't want to kind of call out names here, but I fucking will call out names. I mean, guys like Anthony Crawler, fucking hell, how's he world champion? How's he ever been a world champion? I mean, Tony Bellew as well, fighting for a, a vacant world title. I mean, that's a couple of Eddie Hearns fighters, but listen, Eddie Hearns, the man at, at the moment. But um, I just feel there's just too many, too many, ti- too many titles and the best are just not fighting the best. And I think it's not down to the fighters as such. I think it's the promoters, the networks. It's just too much politics around boxing. With, with the UFC, what I like is that there's one one champion, you know, you're in a division. You, 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 there's no hiding place. You The best have to fight the best to be, to be champion. And if you're, if you're a champion, it, the value means something. You are the best in your division. And the, the fights are more exciting. It's entertainment. And like you, like you mentioned down earlier, you know, like I said, um, it looks like every week there's there's, there's matches there's fight of the year, like the fights are a lot better. <laughs> yeah. than, is this, it just gets better and better, and you kind of thinking with the next couple of weeks coming on, the, the fights that are available, you're thinking, you know, it's a, it's that excitement. And I, I, know, I first time in a while I've watched a fight night, and I thought, you know what, it's very decent, and I, I like the setup, I like everything, and the, the fights are competitive, and it just for me captures my imagination. Where in boxing it's just like we're not seeing the best fighting each other. And, the politics getting in the way. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, so in terms of, say, with MMA, when, when you first started seeing fights, was it the ones that intrigued you were the ones where it was literally just stand-up guys? Like, uh, you just saw some boxing and stuff, and then... 
it's a, it's or, a bit, it's a mixture. It's a, a yeah, mixture. Okay. I, I, I like a bit of wrestling as well. I love the submission side of things as well. Okay, see, that's what I was going to ask. Because the thing is, is it was it kind of like the boxing kind of thing, the, the stand up that drew you into it, and yeah. then you started to appreciate. The yeah, it's a good question. Other stuff yeah. to yeah. it. Because you know I mean? there is there is people that I talk to that are boxing fans originally, yeah. and then they're like, oh, "No, I don't want to see this shit man hugging on the floor," and, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "You're not yeah. appreciating yeah. what's kind of going on." Like you'll watch yeah. someone like I think people have appreciated Habib because you're like, "How the fuck did this man do this to another grown ass man?" Yeah. Like yeah. he he treats them like they're a child, like he yeah. throws them around and, yeah. and and dominates them and talks and and there's little. There's little um, what's the word charisma about yeah. when he's battering someone, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but yeah, like people don't like as soon as the fight's taken. Don't get me wrong, there is sometimes mm. like you've watched um, Curtis Blaze against Volkov. And you're like, oh Jesus Christ, yeah. Curtis Blaze just took him down and literally done nothing. And you're like, you oh, see, this is just boring. You say you see my first one. Obviously, I've watched some boxing here and there. You know, but I. I you know, the big fights or whatever. Yeah. And then one day I was at my brother's house. He goes, Ralph, there's this thing called UFC. Did it? And like fucking three o'clock in the morning. I was like, I, I was high as fuck. Yeah, just throw this shit on. Mm. I'll watch it. And then I just start see. I think, I just, I just see, um, it was a, a striker against a jujitsu guy. And as soon as I saw this guy take him down and he transitioned, I don't know how many times he was going north, south, inside control. And I was just like, my mind was blown. I was like, Ralph, I like yeah. this. Yeah, I was kind of the flip. It wasn't the boxing that intrigued me. It was the when I started seeing people doing the jujitsu stuff, and I was like, "Oh my days!" Because stand up and boxing, you can see, you see yeah. box, you see things. Like, this was something new to me, yeah. and I was like, "Rah!" And then obviously I got more into it, and then seeing how the original UFC started, and seeing the different styles, and seeing exploring more of MMA, and I was like, "Yeah, this is me." That's why I was just wondering, like, your take on it was how you kind of came through it. Yeah, no, for me, I like the appreciation of the technical aspect of it. Because I, I like wrestling and I like the, the ability how, you know, you systematically break someone down, the submissions. What, just... what WWE? Not even not only that, yeah, but also the amateur side of the wrestling, um, amateur wrestling as well from collegiate. Yeah. I used yeah. to watch a bit of that as well, and and, yeah. and seeing how that's all incorporated in. Listen, a bit a bit of WWE, you know, like guys like Kurt Angle and Bam Wah, that type yeah, of yeah. submission but type it, of. It, it, when you watch WWE, you can see the guys who technically. Yeah, technically you know, gifted, oh, good. man. Yeah, and and I, and I'm not going to be biased here, but I looked at that Woodley Usman fight, yeah, and I was just, I loved the fact that how systematically Usman broke down Woodley in terms of the takedowns. He just, um, just. Picked, picked him apart and I, and there that's the type of thing I like I mean it's all great and well when we get you know in, in people in the UFC you know you stand up and you trade and stuff but I like the diversity like you mentioned I love the all that aspect because I do appreciate the fact that you know someone from different skill sets against some, someone else and you wonder how the fuck did this guy go and do all of this and and that kind of for me fascinates me a bit but I, it's, but I just love the consistency with UFC and what Dana Dana White's doing these these fights and it's it's 50-50s because I think we're boxing at the moment. It's just some of it is one-sided here and there and it's just like, it's very predictable. Whereas with UFC, you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm. All right. Um, we'll quickly talk some of the standout fights um, for the weekend coming up. It's um, Caitlin Vieira versus Misha Tate um, from the Bantamweight division. Um, 
Tate, a former title holder, won it in spectacular fashion. I remember that fight. I was like, she was getting destroyed for four rounds. And yeah. she pulled out a submission in the last round, put Holly Holm to sleep. It was crazy, man. Um, so she's come back to UFC now. This is her second fight since returning. Tough fight against Caitlin Vieira. Um, Vieira mm. is the favorite. Um, Vieira's good. Um, the co main event is Michael Chiesa versus Sean Brady. That's a great fight. Great <laughs> fight. Both huge uh, guys. Um, Brady undefeated. Um, yeah. Chiesa was real deep in title contention and then lost to Vicente Luque last time out. Um, some people were surprised he kind of took this. Sean Brady just in the rankings, ranked at number 14. Chiesa's number six. Um, but you know what? Uh, it's smart because if he takes away the unbeaten streak from Sean Brady, people are going to say, okay. You, you know yeah. what I mean? You took out a guy who probably was going to come for you very soon anyway. Um, mm. Also on the card is Ronnie Yaya, who's a jiu-jitsu specialist. Um, watch out for him. Um, Joanne Calderwood. Now well, change Joanne the name Wood to now. Joanne Wood, yeah. It's fighting <laughs> Talia Santos. Santos is very good, man. She's dangerous. Um, yeah. Joanne's good, though. Good with her stand-up. Um, just uses has, that no, length. has no ground game. Yeah, and just that. sometimes lacks that explosion, which I know a lot mm. of females, no a lot of them do, lack that ex real explosion. Um, mm. well, she's a good striker, but Santos will be a problem. Um, I mean, she was like a world champion in kickboxing at one point or something. Who? Sa um, jo jo Joanne, yeah, yeah. Joanne Wood, yeah. yeah. Um, and opening up the prelims, that's one definitely to watch. Oh, is um, David Grant versus Adrian Yanez. Yanez, what a fighter, bro. Was, what was um, Grant's last fight? Was it the Cheeto fight? Was he Chiavere, yeah. yeah. That was Chiavere. a mad fight as well. That was amazing. Yeah, and, and Yanez um, fought Randy Costa last time. And Ooh. he was, his nose was bloody out. He was getting jabbed up in that first round. And I was like, <laughs> shit, but he was so calm. And he came out and took mm. out Costa. Brilliant fight. I want to watch. I mean, the prelims, there is a couple to watch for. Um, Loma Lukbubin, if that's her name. Lukbubin. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the strawweight division, female versus Lupi Godinez. That should be a good fight. Godinez, mm. scrappy wrestler Wait, type. Ain't that one a short notice one? Wasn't she matched up with someone else, or is this my finger something now? She fought just a few weeks ago. So this yeah, could yeah. be like a third fight in like maybe a month, something crazy yeah. like that. Um, and also in the lightweight division, watch out for this one: Terence McKinney versus <laughs> Flores Ziam. That should be a good fight. Ziam is uh, a long guy, um, and McKinney has won every single one of his fights by stoppage. He's undefeated in the professional game, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think he's something like... No, he's not. He's 11-3, and three, so he has lost professionally. But I've been listening to an interview today from him. He's, he's very confident. Not cocky, very confident. Got a crazy story. He actually died um, from an overdose. Um, and then he, he made it professional. He actually was trained in school by um, Michael Chiesa. So kind of crazy. They're both on the same card. 
Mm. All right, that's that. David, Yeah. we'll go to boxing now. Um, yeah. We'll start with Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead and let's talk about his last fight and the fight that he's got announced should be coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, as you know, Canelo Alvarez now um, is the now undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. He beat Callum, uh, Caleb Plant his last fight uh, unanimously by um, 12 rounds. Very convincing, good performance by Canelo. 12 rounds? Some... Was it super middle or was it like heavy? No, super middle. Mm. And he stopped him. He the stopped... Oh, it was 11th round. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stopped him in the 11th round. Um, to become undisputed, the first ever undisputed super middleweight champion. Uh, very good performance uh, from Canelo. I, you know, I have my reservations about Canelo, but listen, I can't, I can't deny how good of a boxer he is. He's one of the pound for pound best. Um, now he's there's been a WBC convention that happens every year. Uh, obviously, Canelo's a WBC champion in numerous divisions, and now he's been granted an opportunity to go up to cruiserweight and fight the champion, uh, Makabu. Uh, you might remember Makabu, who fought for a vacant world title at Goodison Park against uh, Tony Bellew, and Tony Bellew knocked him out. And, and now he's got an opportunity to go fa- to face, um, to become a, a, a fifth division champion. So like, for me, I think it's a bit of a strange choice, considering the options available. I mean, he could have potentially waited and fought maybe Baterviev, Right. What 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 would you say is strange about it? Because he chose the weakest champion at the cruiserweight division. Well, that's not strange. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> obvious. Yeah. We just spoke about the problems in in, in boxing, yeah. and when you've got three champions and you've got the chance to win a belt, if you're thinking on a legacy, well, you just want to be a champion. You're going to pick the weakest one, huh? And that's exactly what he's done. Why go and fight Baterviev, who will give him hella more problems than fighting Makabu, who is the weakest out of the champions? Do you know what I mean? I know it's a shit way, but we would love to see the best want to fight the best, but it hasn't been like that in boxing for a hell of a long time. We're going to talk about Crawford um, in a bit, but Crawford, as we said, up until this point, is ranked as one of the top three pound-for-pound boxers in the world, and he hasn't really fought anyone. Um, Mayweather. Mayweather delayed and handpicked fighters for years. You know what I mean? He, he, he's 50 and 0 or 49 and 0, let's be honest. Yeah, but fought Pacquiao uh, but to, when, to, when to, it was to, too late. To Mayweather's credit, though, the resume stacks up. Even though he delayed delayed it, the resumes, the Zab Judas, the De La Hoyas, the Pacquiao's, you know, that's a stacked resume. When you look at Canelo, yeah, when you take it out Mayweather, maybe Golovkin. Listen, it's not really, not really a, a, a really top top list, is it? And and the one thing that really annoys me about the WBC: if you're American or Mexican, they're your best friends. Because look at the situation. We'll talk about. It. I mean, you've got to look at the situation with Dillian White that he's in. I mean, again, you, you know, he's having his issues with there. Canelo again has been given a pass. Why not fight Benavides? Because now, what's happened now is he's been given a pass to go up to Cruiserweight and fight Makabu, and they've made Benavides the interim WBC super middleweight champion. 
So that's given him enough time to avoid him like the plague. I don't think Canelo wants to fight him. He's a younger Mexican, punches hard, and he's got good prospect. He's a two-time world champion. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to fight him. I guarantee you, once he fights Makabu, they're going to look to make a third fight with Golovkin. That's, that's what Canelo's going to do. He's going to avoid all these, these, these quality fighters like your Andrades, your Charlos, your Benavides. He has no interest in fighting these guys. Um, right. Well, let's look at his record once you said that. Um, I do have one thing to say to you. You did, <laughs> you, you did think that Saunders would be you. I thought his style. Listen, I, I thought Smith would be too big, too strong for him. But obviously, Callum Smith is is, is too is too big at the weight. He's, he's and and Saunders. I thought is is trickery. And obviously, Canelo has had issues with, with Southpaw. I mean, if you look at um, guys like Lara, guys like Austin Trout, you know, debatable losses potentially for Canelo. He should have really could have lost those fights. He's historically had problems with Southpaws. And I thought the style that Saunders has, I thought would cause him a lot more problems. And he was causing him a few problems, but obviously Canelo found his way and managed to knock him, knock him out. Daniel Jacobs? I think Daniel Jacobs is too... He's a good, he's a good fighter, Daniel Jacobs, but is he, is he top elite level? No, he's not. So you would like to see him fight Benavidez now? 100%. I mean, make that Cinco de Mayo weekend. Two Mexicans fighting for a what? For a world title, well, especially undisputed. Anyway, he's got all the belts. But I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna fight Benavides because he's too young. He's about six years younger than uh, Benavides. Is about 24, 25. Sa- Saul's coming to the prime of his career. He's thirty one. Mm. But the only thing, the thing with Be- the only good thing with uh, on his side is that he probably make the fight at one six eight because Benavides has a history of not making the weight. So. That's that's probably one possibility to try slow him down because you know he he will be a bit big on the night, but I, I don't see him fighting. I don't see him going down to middleweight to fight Charlo. I mean, he's franchise franchise champion at, at middleweight. You know, Charlo's the champion, WBC champion. Doesn't want doesn't want to fight him. There's a talented fighter in Andrade who just seems to be fighting every British fighter that that there is. So it's just it just it is what it is. Um, any other news? Any other discussions? You want to uh, or? Yeah, so there's a couple of obviously fights. Obviously, um, Chris Eubank, big one this week, and there big ones this weekend. Uh, yeah, there's obviously there's the, the Crawford versus oh, Porter let's go fight. to that Crawford, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's I think about time Crawford's now fighting someone who's at, at, at a level to be appreciated. I mean, I'm kind of glad now that the forbidden door has been opened because. I got to thank Fury and, and Wilder for that because obviously Fury's with top rank Bob Aaron and obviously Wilder's with PBC, and there's always been a c- common problem because in the welterweight division, majority of the champions have been with PBC, and Crawford's been with top rank, and these big fights have not been able to be made. And we've always, for me personally, I've always had to question about Ter- Terence Crawford because for me, stylistically, I think he's one of the best boxers in the world, but his resume, like I've mentioned to you before, Remy. I've, I've always had a problem with because I don't think he's fought enough elite fighters uh, to kind of justify his pound-for-pound pound r- ranking. Now, okay, he's beaten guys like Kel Brook. He's beaten Amir Khan, which I passed it. They are world champions, but he hasn't fought the best at the moment 
in the division. He had an exciting fight against uh, Benavides' um, brother. Uh, brother, Jose, where he knocked him out in the 12th round. But other than that, you look at the names that he's fought, doesn't really, for me, scream out elite level for me. And I think this fight against Sean Porter, Sean Porter for me is the perfect fight for Crawford. What will Porter bring to him? He'll bring the heat. He'll bring the, the, the kitchen sink. I mean, one good thing about Porter is that the way he fights, he'll be on him from round one to round 12. He never really tires. And there'll be constant barrage of punches and trying to just make things uncomfortable for Crawford. That's something Crawford now has to negate. He's never felt that type of that pressure before. And the, look at the fights that Porter has been in. I mean, he had a very close fight with Furman, where he narrowly lost. He had an exciting fight with um, Garcia, uh, which he won, which was a bit debatable. I thought Garcia won that fight. Uh, Errol Spence, he gave Errol Spence a nightmare. Again, there was, there was opportunities in that where, you know, you could have thought you could have made a case for him to win that fight. But he, he, just, did, he just didn't go away. I, I thought he lost that fight, but he just didn't go away. Yeah, I think he, the knockdown for me was a difference between the two. But yeah, again, that's the type of fighter he is. He's always going to be there. Yeah. And obviously he lost to Kel Brook, obviously, earlier on in his career, but he's got better as time goes on. But this is the perfect fight for Crawford. I think because Crawford hasn't been in, a, 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 when I say competitive fight, an, an elite level fight, I do think he has a lot of, I do think it's swaying to, for me towards Crawford to win this comfortably because he, he's got, he's got. I think Porter's got miles on the clock. He's been in too many wars, uh, too many twelve-round decisions, and I think Crawford's going to be the fresher man. He's going to be able to box smart, keep the distance, and try not get in, and try not try try not get into a fight with with Porter because Porter's going to try drag this into a dogfight. And that's yeah, something he did Crawford, that with Spence. Yeah, and I think Crawford's going to be a little bit more smart, a bit, bit more savvy, and not try to get drawn into that and try calm to be box him and maybe try to look for the knockout later on but no one's really ever knocked out Porter so I see this going 12 rounds unanimously to, to Crawford but it's an exciting if, fight if you if you had to make a prediction uh, if do, you to make it, do you think he'll stop Porter? I don't think he'll stop Porter I, I think he'll go 12 rounds I think he'll win comfortably 12 rounds but it will be a competitive fight because there'll be moments in that fight where Porter will, will, will try to get to him and he again will be very close to him and won't leave him alone. But I think that the skills that Crawford has should be enough to kind of beat him. But like I said, it's, it's a fight that he's not coming coming up against. And Porter's right. I've seen the press conferences and Porter's come out and said, you've not fought anyone like me, which is true. So psychologically, it's going to be interesting to see how Crawford does against an elite fighter like Porter because he's one of the best fighters in the, in the division. I've always viewed the welterweight division as the best division in, in the world, especially now. There's too many killers in that division. So it's great to see now Terence Crawford fighting one of them killers in, in Porter. And hopefully, if he does beat Porter, we now get to see that unification. We now get one step closer to see those fights, especially him against Errol Spence, because a lot of people are deliberating to see how good Crawford is. So we're kind of now having that opportunity to see him against Porter and see whether or not he, he can survive this and potentially go and make these, these bigger fights, because that's what we want. Me as a boxing fan, I'll be calling out for these unification fights. So this is the step in the right direction. Okay. Um, any more news of something coming up in the next couple of weeks? It's not going yeah. any further than that because we'll yeah. hopefully have a conversation about... Yeah, there's some, some more news. I mean, Chris Eubank uh, is fighting at Liam Williams, uh, going to be a domestic 
a domestic bout. These two don't like each other. A lot of things have been said on social media. It's a grudge match. It's going to be in Cardiff on the 11th of December. Uh, going to be headlined that on Sky Sports. With the winner having the opportunity to be mandatory for the WBA middleweight title. And there's going to be a fight that was announced uh, in a couple of, well, at the end of the year, uh, Murata versus uh, Golovkin in Japan. So it's going to be a unification fight. The WBA super champion Murata fighting the IBF champion and IBO champion Golovkin. So that fight between Liam Williams and uh, Eubank is going to be significant because the winner will fight, will be in line to fight for a world title. Okay. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's everything. We kind of covered everything that's happened over the last two weeks on news and stuff. Um, we will be back Tuesday to review the Premier League, the result of the Premier League. Um, might, might, I don't know why I'm saying this, might have a guest for for, um, for Tuesday. We'll see how it goes. But I might have a guest for Tuesday. Um, yeah, respect Dan. Respect David. Peace. Um, and peace.